you feel like it's time to begin a new period of productivity, growth, and success in your life, it happens. It happens. And we just need the right motivation and the right teacher. Welcome to the Bees Presents Epic Visionary. No matter where you are in life, if you've made it or on the way up the ladder, this is for you. We're here to enlighten, discuss, inform, and question established points of view so that we can begin a period of new discovery and achieve those life-altering, amazing results. This is the Bees Presents Epic Visionary. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a new episode of The Bees Presents Epic Visionary. And as usual, we will be respectful of your time because we know that time is the new currency. And as always, I am Charles the Bees Beasley and everyone in the world has heard of me. You, the audience, have heard of me. But those that are yet to come will hear of me because everyone in the world has heard the story about the birds and who? The bees. And that was me. Now, what we hope to do at this particular point is to have a conversation where we can drop some information. But remember, before you can connect the dots, you must first collect the dots. So hopefully we leave some information that you are willing to collect and maybe you can put it back together at some particular point in time just to help you make another step forward in your journey and your life or whatever it may be to you. And today's conversation is does your sacrifice affect your worth? Does your sacrifice affect your worth? And the young man that's going to help us on this journey today is Mr. Eric Elliott. He is the CEO of VIP Marketing, the founder of Craft Creative and the founder of 10 Mile Studios, which is in North Charleston. And he's also the creator of the AdCast, which is the podcast for marketers and advertisers. So let's give a big welcome to Mr. Eric Elliott. Thank you for coming on the show, Eric. Thank you. Thank you, Bees, man. I'm excited to be with you, man. I've been listening for a good while, man, and I love what you do. I love what you do. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I am as excited to have you on. We always chit-chat a little bit, and I've been waiting on this moment for a long time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to set the atmosphere. We've heard a little bit about uh, his companies. We will dig into that a little bit deeper here. Yet, what I would like to do at this particular point in time is talk about the man just a little bit, okay? So, Eric is a superhero. He's a man that loves teaching and using metaphors, okay? Uh, but this is not a metaphor. Eric is the living embodiment of the rules of being a superhero, Okay, Eric has a backstory uh, and of, of growth behind that. Okay, he has a backstory, and there's growth behind tragedy, and this is very, very interesting. I think this may be what fuels him, but he'll tell us that a little bit more. Through trial and tribulations, he's an entrepreneur. He's a philanthropist, dedicated father and husband, and he's a friend to many. So now two of Eric's superpowers, he's got many, but we're just going to brush on these two right now. OK, he has an immense heart 
and he gives back and you can feel it in him when you talk to him. And if you ever meet him, you can see it in his smile. It's pretty awesome. OK, uh, number two is he's an uncanny or he has uncanny brain power. Hence, he has those companies. Right. So once we get into talking to him, you're going to see what that means. And, and I'm pretty excited about that. Now, there is something that I really did not know. That's kind of surprising to me. Shocking. But nonetheless, it may be shocking to others. Uh, but Eric is a sneakerhead. Right. He's a sneakerhead. I never would have thought that. But well, what my spies tell me, he has a, a closet full of shoes. It just didn't say uh, sneakers, but shoes in general. Now he's uh I don't know but he 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 has an affinity toward Air Jordans is what they tell me now. So I don't know like me back as a kid, you know, you used to go put on the shoes, you go jump high and run high. I think that that might be why he puts on them Jordans because he think he could dunk. I don't know. But this is what I did find out and which is a very good reason. He uh wears sneakers because it reminds him of where he comes from and where he's going to be. Right. So so as he kind of looks at he wears those sneakers to remind him where he came from and it makes him thankful for where he is today. And that was I thought that was very, very awesome and profound to me. So Eric is already planning for next year and beyond. The coolest thing about that is that he's able to see things as they are. But on top of that, what he does is he's able to um, to see things as they could be. That is a true visionary. So as a visionary, you see things as they are, but you have the vision to see things as they could be. And that's part of his story. His mind is always geared toward growth and moving forward. And his dreams are limitless. So that's a that's a that's a visionary in itself. Because of this, his businesses are thriving. I didn't say they were just kind of moving along, but they're thriving. His family is loved and growing and his network is nothing less than inspired by his story. So that's always cool. So now. First, Eric, uh, what I would like for you to do is just tell me a little bit about your companies, the VIP Marketing, Craft Creative, 10 Mile Studios, and the AdCast. Tell us a little bit about that. Man, thank you so much for that introduction, man. I really appreciate it. Um, I, I think first and foremost, when anyone listens or, or hears that about the companies, the first thing they ask is, when do I sleep? Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're for, busy. <laughs> for me, um, you know, we do have these companies. And, you know, I started out in late 2009, 2010, and I, I found a need um, that uh -huh. wasn't being fulfilled. I wanted to be more of an advocate for clients. And so, you know, I started out, I left my job from a broadcast TV station and went out and just did uh, started my own agency. I started my own agency, hung my shingle. Uh, I started with uh, a desk from Craigslist and a Toshiba laptop that I keep in my office as a reminder and a memento okay. of how I started. Um, and, you know, so I started the agency, you know, I didn't, you know, just kind of fell into it. You know, I fell into it and I started it because, uh, you know, I had a manager uh, that actually said to me, I don't know how to negotiate agency business. Really? They said, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. They said to me, I don't know how to negotiate agency business. And, and also, you know, would ridicule me for sending my emails out saying my 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 spelling wasn't correct. My punctuation wasn't correct. And it was almost like instead of coaching. Right. It was more, of, more of belittling. Right. You know? So um, what I did was, you know, when I did decide to move out on my own, I always wanted to be I wanted my agency to be what my employment was not. OK. Um, I, I wanted to have a great environment, a family environment where people can actually create. Mm -hmm. uh, people can, you know, do the work because they want to, not because they want they have to. Do the right. Work. Um, and, 
when I did that back in 2010, I mean, this was early on before social and all these other things got really popular. Mm -hmm. And at the time we were focusing on traditional media. Uh, and as I would go from business to business and, and speak to different business owners about letting us, you know, handle some of their marketing, uh, what I found was there was a need, uh, for creative. Okay. Uh, there would be a lot of businesses that would actually have, uh, marketing people on the inside and they didn't want to invite us in. It's almost like letting the wolf into the hen house. Right. And so, uh, what we did was I started craft creative and craft creative was solely focused on just the creative idea and the mm -hmm. video production. Um, and with that, I mean, it, it had just such a great trajectory of growth. Uh, we made sure that it was 100% separate okay. from VIP marketing. It operated different, different colors, different branding, different trademarks, okay. um, and, and everything. And so as that geared on and we started to develop and, and gain a lot of production business, here's a production agency growing. Mm -hmm. Here is the marketing agency thriving. Uh, the cool thing is anytime the marketing agency gets a client, it hires the production. Company. Right. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. And as it went on, what we found ourselves doing was we were always rent the studio space. Um, and we would, we, it was just almost cumbersome for us uh, on the craft creative side to okay. rent studios. And so what we did was we just kind of put out that search and we started as we grew on. I mean, we started growing out our building to the point where we can have more than 10 people using one bathroom anymore. So it was time to go. <laughs> um, and then we sought out, you know, partnered with 4S Capital and mm -hmm. the folks, you know, who have built up the 10 mile building that we're in now. Mm -hmm. And we uh, started our, our first studio, which is probably one of the very, very few. There's probably like two or three, if any, that I even know of around here okay. uh, as far as African-American owned studios. And so when we did the 10 mile studios, this is a creative complex is what we call it. Okay. Where people can come in if they uh, are a creative and they want to come in and do photography or if they're a cinematographer and they need the studio background or if they launch a podcast, they can come and rent out this studio. Okay. So um, uh, we operate under, you know, under 5,000 square feet and it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's been a dream and, you know, for me, it, it's just good. And I operate my own podcast, as you mentioned it, right. uh, the, the ad cast out of it. And, and, you know, we've been blessed, but you know, like I said, I couldn't do any of it unless I had a great team on all sides. I love these people. They're great. And they push me forward and I thank them for it. All right. Awesome. 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 So now you had, you had a lot packed in there. So you also have yeah. a lot that you got to do, right? What That's I, what, what, what kind of, kind of makes me wonder right because you mentioned the fact that they kind of belittled you in the beginning and and you and I, you use that fuel to to move forward so now I, I like the fact that you said well you had the creative separate how did you come to that was that something that just popped in your head because a lot of people they start jumbling things up and they don't really kind of segment things and and I found it kind of thought-provoking that you said that you had that plan did you come up with yourself you mentioned mentors to me before was that something that's, that you learned from somebody else where did that come from uh, actually you know it was from the experience actually going out into the marketplace and what I did notice was a lot of agencies where they would have creative in-house um, what they would do is they would put the agency first instead mm -hmm. of making the creative just as important as the agency. Okay. Because the truth is sometimes without the creative an agency is nothing. Right. Because when a client, when a client hires you, they hire you for strategy execution and they want you to have great creative that can differentiate them from the rest of the people in the market and help them move forward. So the need was creative. 
you know, we felt like we had the strategy and the agency side down, but it was it was just that need for creative. We wanted something that was fully devoted just to handling creative and actually coming up with great ideas. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it propelled so fast. Okay. So uh, I did a little, you know, we talked, but I I looked at a few different things and I saw you, I guess, teaching a class or um, talking. And one of the things that, that you talked about was the importance of telling a story and not just talking about numbers per se, when you, when your client goes in there, where does uh, that come from? That's, that's kind of because I think the key to selling or convincing or making is a story kind of sticks with you. Well, I, I think the one thing about, you know, when you talk about selling people, they don't like to be sold, but they exactly. love to be helped. Right. Know? Okay. Um, and, and so I think with that was, uh, we, we try to look at things a lot different versus saying that we want to sell them something. Right. I, I come from the approach of, you know, uh, I don't want to sell to sell. I want to sell to help, you know, right. we, we use that. And, and, and that's, what's big for me. That's kind of a driver for me to say that I want to be able to help people. Okay. Well, and, and you mentioned the, the word selling and nobody wants to be sold anything. You're, you're 100% right. Cause when we talk and I'm obviously I run a car dealership. So, you know, the word selling is something I don't like to talk about. We just kind of lead people to make their own decision. And we, and that's what we do. Now you, you mentioned it in that scenario, but you also mentioned it before when you were talking about what you didn't want to see, right? You know, the, you, you were ridiculed, you were this. So even when you started to think about your business and who you wanted, you went from what's in their mind. What does that person want to need? I thought that was pretty cool. Have you always had that insight? It's not about you. It's about them. Yeah. I, I feel like I've always wanted to be an advocate for people. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that's something that I was raised with, you know, um, I, I get, I get satisfaction in knowing that you did something right. And, and I felt like in business, if you were doing the right thing, the money's going to come Okay. and that's where, and that's where the longevity, uh, would come from. And that's kind of my desire to be able to help people. And that's kind of why I do what I do. Um, okay. you know, you can, people can say, you know, Hey, I'm wrong. But a lot of times when I look at whatever problem that I'm solving. Um, I don't think with money first. Okay. I, I think about, I think about this scenario, like how much could I help these people and, and what kind of situation they're in now? Don't get me wrong. We're in a business and, and you will get rewarded for the, you know, you will get rewarded for the problems you solve. But you know, in my case, I got to a point where I couldn't solve small problems anymore. Mm -hmm. I had to start solving bigger problems because there was so much demand free time. Okay. So what, Outside of that, is there some other source for your your passion? Because what I get when I listen to you and talk to you and we kind of get in long conversations, it's always about passion. And I've seen some things on uh, YouTube and some other things. And and you were very passionate one day about uh, somebody told you they couldn't do this or whatever. So right. is, is that what fuels you in the beginning? Is that kind of still what what fuels you now? What what was that or what is that? Well, you know, they, I, I got a switch turned on for me in September of 2004. Okay. Um, in September of 2004, I remember this distinctly, and there's two managers that stood out for me. Uh, it's just like you can always go back and remember great teachers in your life. You can always right. go back and remember uh, certain managers that should have been leaders. Um, so I've always had the helping in me that I've wanted to do, but I think what sparked me more in the agency side 
was uh, what I received from managers. And that started in September 4 when I interviewed for a radio position. Mm-hmm. And um, I interviewed with one group and I was getting blown off and blown off because, you know, when I started out um, in a lot of broadcast media, radio and television, uh, there weren't there weren't a lot of African-Americans that actually did that. Um, mm-hmm. And when I interviewed, I, I originally interviewed with a general market station, which was, you know, like a non uh, non hip hop station or you would some people would call it an urban station. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I interviewed with like the country and the pop stations and I, I probably did two or three different interviews. I did some callbacks. And when I finally interviewed with the manager, he took me in his office and he put some paper clips on the desk. And I'll never forget this. Mm-hmm. I say 16 paper clips and he tells me to this day, he says eight. So he put the paper clips <laughs> on the desk and he says, no, 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 no. And, and each no was to represent someone that didn't want to do business with me. And then he has a couple maybes and yeah, and a, yeah, come back tomorrow, that kind of thing. And so those were supposed to signif- uh, uh, be a symbol of the people that would say no to me. Uh-huh. And so what it was, was a, a discouragement to say, do you show, are you sure you want to do this? And right. this is what he said to me. Uh-huh. And, and then, so even though I did that, he gave me this binder, this binder of the station stuff. I never listened to these stations before. And I practiced these stations, uh, over the weekend. And, and, you know, and I had my wife, uh, my wife, she started helping me at the time. She wasn't my wife, but we would actually, go through this binder i would learn it because i had to come in and present to this guy right these stations so i came in and i did it I, did, I felt like i did a good job and i was able to present and stand in front of him because i learned it in the restaurant industry by talking to people right and he never called me back he mm-hmm. never called me back um and what happened was the other manager who was in the meeting with him she called me back and she said if you want to be here you gotta make a move and I made that move and I got in and she hired me when she, when I got in, I broke every single sales record that they threw at me, every okay. single one. Right. And that manager that didn't hire me, the guy that he hired in, in my place left within six months. I stayed for four years. Okay. And his words were, uh, to another manager, one of the biggest mistakes I made was not hiring Eric. Right. So that that was one that fueled me okay. that got my tank to about halfway full. Okay. Then when I was actually in television, when I got recruited from radio to television and I had that manager who was a manager, they weren't a leader to me at all. Right. And it was just, it was constant attitude. It was, it was just a, such a great product to work with, but they were just not a great leader to work for. Okay. And, and it was uncomfortable to come to work. You felt belittled. Mm-hmm. And I never want to do that to our people now. And I never, I can never forget when I went into their office for my review and I still keep that review to this day and I read it. Okay. No kidding. I still have it. Mm-hmm. And I still saw where, uh, where she said, you don't know how to negotiate agency business. You need to send me your emails when you send them out. And it was just ridicule after ridicule. And so what that did was it took my tank from halfway full to full. Okay. And okay. that was... I would say the battery that never burns out that helped me to start my business. Okay. Okay. So you got something that you continue to go back to that, that keeps moving you forward. So I know there's gotta be tough times, but let me ask you this question, right? So when I say sacrifice, the word sacrifice, when it comes to your business, what comes to mind? What have you sacrificed to get to where you needed to be or where you are today? 
mean, that's an easy question for me to say. Okay. Um, I sacrifice a lot of family time. Mm -hmm. I sacrifice a lot of family time. And what I thought was uh, back then that I had to outwork everyone. I thought I had to put in more hours. I mm -hmm. thought I had to do all these things. And, and as you get a little older, you realize that you can never get that time back. Right. And, and you know, when you get a little gray in your beard and you look in the mirror, it's like you, you look <laughs> back and you say, you know what, what did I miss? Okay. And, and so, you know, my children, uh, they're getting older. Um, and so my most important thing now is being able to spend time with them. Um, I'm doing some things I've never done before. I know nothing about baseball and my wife has me coaching softball. Okay. But you know, you know what? <laughs> Secretly, I love it because I love seeing her out right. there doing it. It's okay. a love of hers. And, and I love seeing, I get to spend time with my kids and, and it's that time. So I sacrificed a lot of time with my family. And what makes it really hard is because, is that my wife, she encourages my work right because she know she knows it's like it's the it's the one thing i love so there's never ever ever been a time where she says stop working okay and mm -hmm. and, and at some point i know there's probably someone who can relate with this where you take advantage of that mm -hmm. and 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 i feel there are times where i took advantage of it and there's also times where i sacrificed you know where i could have been you know, working with one of the kids on doing something and instead I'm in a Saturday afternoon, spend a Saturday afternoon writing proposals or right. writing plans. Okay. Um, so I would say if I had to, I sacrifice what I sacrificed, it was my time. But I'm not so sorry that I sacrificed it because right. um, it, it may sound selfish, but truthfully, um, a lot of it, I do it for my family because I'm not one of those that splurge on right. a lot okay. of things. Okay. Um, so... I would like to say I wanted to put in the work then so that I can enjoy it now. And I think I'm getting to that point where mm -hmm. I can enjoy it now. And I've made those sacrifices, you know, right. Okay. Uh, I've made those sacrifices in, in time. You know, I traded my time uh, to be able to get where I am. And if my wife resented it, then I'd feel bad about it, but she mm -hmm. doesn't and nor do I. Okay. Well, if you put in that amount of time sacrifice, you had the fuel behind you. So you found that that source and then you put in the time. So when you started this and you said, I'm going to move from working for these people that don't appreciate me, I'm going to create something that I can have my own. Did the end or where you are today? Did you see that then? Did you is is where you are today? What you what you saw when you first decided to, to make that jump to ownership? Is it what you thought well, it was going to be? Yeah, you know, uh, I think when you go into business for yourself, you really don't know what to expect because there's no manual. It's like becoming a parent, right? You know? Um, you actually become a parent again, but just of an entity is what you are. Okay. Um, so, I mean, you, you're raising a company is what you're doing. Okay. It's, that's exactly what you're doing. I mean, you have children that you raise and then you have a company that you raise. So for me, what I, what I wanted was something different from what I had worked in. Okay. It's no different from, you know, when you have your children, you want to give your children better than you've ever had. And so I always wanted to give my team members or employees better than I've ever had. Okay. You know? Right. Um, and, and I want them, the, the most important thing is for them to be able to appreciate it. Mm -hmm. But I, I want to make sure that they don't work in the kind of environment that I worked yeah. in. Yeah. Okay. 
I got you. I can, sure, absolutely, absolutely. You created something different, but the fuel was okay. I know, that, and and I actually, when I got into business, I said, you know, this guy over here, he's not as he doesn't give me what I need, right? So again, yeah. I knew or felt strongly that that if he is at this particular level, if I change and pivot and do things a little bit differently. And I believe in people and training and coaching and all those things because nobody gave it to me the same way. So it, it helped me know that I could get to a different spot than where I was. And that just it just it just gave me that fuel that you talked about. So oh, now, yeah. so what I got here it says, again, does your sacrifice affect your worth? Right. So I still remember hearing uh, a conversation and I don't remember exactly where it was, but we I think we talked about it a little bit. But you said, you know, you, you got your agency, you go out here and people want you to do everything, but they don't want to pay you. Right. Or they, yeah. they, they want they want you to give them advice, uh, but they don't want to pay you for it. Right. And I was just and one reason why I came up with this is because of that conversation. Right. And you just told me about the fuel and you told me about the sacrifice. Right. So how much did that does that affect? who you pursue, what you pursue, what you charge. I mean, how does that play into it? Man, that's a great question. And and at one point I had to kind of learn my value. Okay. And and I thought people were coming back to me like in the beginning, uh, you know, because I was so inexpensive. I was like, well, you know, they just like me. But the, (laughs) the, the thing was, it was like they were making money off of what was in my head. Right. They were making money off of what my what was in my head, and, and the truth is, there's really no price that you can put on a great idea. Right. There's okay. Really, there really is none. Um, and so, at some point, what you're speaking about, like some point, I had to really change a lot of my conversations with people because sometimes my conversations, some people would try and turn them into consultations. I got you. So okay. Okay. I, I, right. I right. Really ha- I really had to turn. I really had to learn that. And once I learned my own value, then. I put a value on my time. Okay. And when I put the value on my time, notice I didn't say uh, I put a rate on my time. I put value on my time. Okay. And and then I had to start pricing accordingly. So our agency prices that same way. Okay. I always thought that was profound because as you look at it, and, and that's what I was looking for. I couldn't remember what you said, the conversation uh, versus the consultation. So, I'm just, I don't know how that, that goes, but when, when you get to that point, you're like, look, stop. <laughs> we, we, we transitioning from one thing to another. So, oh, so have you had that conversation? Or do you just buy out gracefully? How does that work? Man, a couple of ways. It's so funny. It kind of happens. And, and I think, you know, if I, if I have a, you know, a good friend and we're shooting the breeze and we're, we're talking things like that, that's okay. But, you know, when it comes to some kind of lifting or anything else, it's like, hey, that's when you got to kind of hold on. <laughs> uh, you know, I had someone call me, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago and they were talking to me about their business. And, and while they were on the phone, they said, hey, hold on. I got someone else who's got a business, too. Maybe you can talk to them, too. <laughs> and, and I kind of had to really, you know, it's, it's not, you know, being, you know, uh, like you're high up on yourself. But I had to kind of stop it and say, I, I can't do that. You right. Know? I, I really can't do that because uh, there's value in what you say. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, there's value in what you say. And then there is value in, in, in ideas that you create. And so why would I give away my best thinking right. and, and not charge for it? You know, that may be an idea uh, or a concept that I may never come up with again or a strategy or a way that you can do things. Okay. Uh, and, and it's almost like it took me years to be able to get to where I am now. 
So why should I give it away for free? I got you. I got you. And that that's that's I still remember that conversation right down the road. I was like, man, that sticks with me, right? Because I'm like you. You like metaphors. I like sayings, right? One of the things I said, we're dragon slayers, not sword makers, right? Anybody can make a sword. You know what I mean? If you if you got the right stuff, you heat it up, you put it in, you can make that. But when you're creating something or you're trying to persuade or convince or whatever that is or have that idea, then you got to be able to pivot and move and continue to do those different things because who knows what happens? Can you think on your feet? Can you think critically? Can you come up with an idea? And that's part of the conversation. That's part of why I like listening to your ad cast. And then I'm talking to you as well is because I can see that in what you do and the stories that, that you've told me and the value that you bring. So that's that's uh, amazing. And that is very, very much so. So awesome. I, I really, really dig that. So in, we were talking another conversation. So lots going on out there in the market today, right? Yeah, and you lot. talked about uh, the way people used to traditional media and some other things. So, I, how do you know when the cheese is about to be moved? I mean, are you looking at if you are you looking at your market right then, uh, or do you or you're stuck behind? I mean, how do you recognize and look, or do you look for the cheese to be moved? Do you peek around the corner and say, "Well, cheese still here"? How does that work, oh, man? <laughs> Who moved the cheese, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where did it go? You know. It- I think it's it's the same way, you know, when a weatherman, um, you know, he stands in front of the boards and he makes these predictions. Uh, what he's doing is he studies the weather, mm-hmm. you know, he studies the weather and, and, and marketing is just like that, too. And you really need to pay attention to the tides, the currents, the sunrise, the sunset, right. everything else, the temperature and everything else. And then what you'll learn to do is you develop uh, usually an instinct. Okay. And usually when you when you develop that instinct and you base that on your experience and, and couple that with some of your research, your own research, then sometimes you can kind of project or forecast what's going to happen. But the most important part and the hardest part about any kind of marketing is not just the technology, it's the people. Mm-hmm. One of the best one of the best classes that I remember taking in high school uh, was sociology and just paying attention to, to exactly what people how they respond and how they react to things, because that is the hardest part about any business is people. So when you do that research, you do that research, you have instinct, you know, people, um, you can kind of say, you know, what? I believe this is going to happen, you know, and you look at people's habits. And, and I think today the the more digital that's mm-hmm. that's that crowds our life and comes into our life, um, it offers a matter of convenience to people. Uh, co- convenience and insight. Okay. So when you are looking at your company, right? So you started here, you grown and expanded your company and you keep talking about people and how to do that. So can you give me and B's nation an example of a challenging time in your career after owning the company that required you to make a, let's say a significant sacrifice to better lead your team. Mm, great one. Um, I was, uh, I hired wrong okay. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, wh- and what I mean by that, I would always hire off of my, uh, off of my heart instead of my head. 
Okay. And that was wrong. Mm-hmm. And that was wrong on me. And what I had to do, one of the things I, I kept looking at myself saying, why am I losing these people? This person's a nice person. Right. Not everyone that's a nice person needs to be within your company. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I truly had to learn how to hire better and have the first thing it had to start with was having a good process for hiring, having a one, two, three, four checks and balances of how you hire. Okay. And then really kind of figuring out, you know, is that person the right person to put in the seat? You know, and kind of having tests and, 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 and quizzes for people. Like now, if I hire anyone, we quiz them. We send them an assessment test to really figure out, you know, are they a good fit? Mm-hmm. I want to be able to say this is what the position is and this was what it entails. Right. And then I want to couple that with, you know, that person's personality okay. and how they score in the assessment test. And then, you know, can they follow directions? You know, if I tell them send an email at 10, 18 p.m., Will they just send it at 10 o'clock? That's not what I asked. Right. Then I know like they can't follow directions. So okay. I, I, I always look to see one, uh, you know, are they competent? Are they competent? That's number one. Right. And then two, can they fit into the culture? So if they're competent and they can fit into the culture, they might be the right fit to be able to get to the next step. Okay. That's awesome. Cause I, I agree with you hundred percent. You, uh, I had a situation very similar to that. People talk about um, feelings, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Nice guy. I get it. I understand. Having said that, he's not able to do the job. So so that gets you in trouble and it gets him in trouble. And you mentioned culture. It tears everybody down. That's. Oh, absolutely. mm -hmm. If you try to create that culture, it's got to be there. Oh, man. They, I, I think, you know, if anything, you know, I would advise any business owner, anyone who's doing any hiring, I don't care if you're a manager, whatever you're doing, you, you have to hire for competency and, com- and also for culture. You have to. If they don't check those balances, then I doubt that you'll have a good fit down the road. Okay. So, so you mentioned uh, the competency to do the job, but you also mentioned something about uh, behavioral personalities, right? So uh, when you think about the people that you that you deal with um diversity is always there do you speak to one guy or woman different than you may speak to another person based on their personality profile and and and, you know and that's such a great question and that's one of the reasons why i had to learn how to hire better okay and and just because you are the business owner it doesn't mean that you know how to hire Right. Because some business owners suck at hiring. Right. And you, and, and you, there may be someone on your team. I mean, just, just because you're a visionary mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you're a great implementer. Right. right? Okay. And okay. I feel, I feel mm-hmm. that, I feel so that every visionary needs a great implementer. Maybe you're not great at your hiring, but maybe your implementer is a rock star at it. Okay. Right? They, they might be a rock star at it. So, like, when you are hiring people, you have to develop some processes and you can't you can't go down the road and say, I'm going to treat this person different because of their their gender, their race or, or anything else, you know, or how they identify. And what you have to have is just, you know, you know, your what your company needs. And if they fit and they have if they have the competency and they can fit within your culture and then they can pass an assessment or an, or have a favorable assessment right. for the okay. position in your company, um, then then you should move to the next level. And then up to at that point, if you're doing those right things, if you're doing those things, it'll actually help narrow your search or narrow your your um, 
that your your people who are actually coming towards a job, your candidates for you, and you can make a better decision that way. Okay. I, I don't know where this comes from, but I remember something about said it must be the shoes. I don't know if that's a commercial or whatever. I don't I just remember <laughs> hearing that somewhere. I don't remember who or what that is. But nonetheless, uh, as I found out uh, your your affinity towards sneakers, right, being a, a sneakerhead, and the fact that you said that the sneakers remind you where you come from and to be thankful yeah. for where you are today. Explain yeah. that to me. How, wh- where did you come from? What do you mean? Well, man, I- I'm wearing a pair of Air Jordans right now. Okay. Uh, actually, the number three, the black cement. Um, so I-, I would say um, the sneakers, I have more shoes in my closet than my wife does. Okay. And <laughs> That's I- amazing. She makes, she-, she makes fun of me for it, man. She makes fun of me. She's, She's so simple in comparison to me, man. I, I'm the closet hog. And <laughs> and the true story. I mean, she's complained about it many times, and rightfully so. But um, for, for me, it's like the sneakers are, it's not just fashion. Um, for me, it's a, it's a level of authenticity as well. And what I mean when I say that is I don't care if you're my largest client. If I come see you, I'm going to wear my shoes. I want to be comfortable because I don't think – you care what kind of shoes I have on my feet. Okay. I don't think you care if I have Rockports or if I have Stacey Adams or if I have Air Jordans because the most important thing is going to be what comes out of my mouth and how I deliver it to you. Okay. So my, my shoes are for me, not for everyone else. Mm-hmm. And for me, they are a constant reminder of what I could not buy. And so okay. when I can, when I have the ability to be able to buy them now, that is my treat to myself. Awesome. 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 That's, that's just a little, it's like that dark chocolate I eat. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's a little treat to yourself that's about it. where that's you come from. Life. That's, that's cool. And, uh, it's the little things in life that, that really, really kind of set me off too. Right. So I think that's awesome. The, um, when I look at where you come from and where I come from and what our journey has been, we've, we've known each other for a long time and, uh, your business, I think is, is we, we have very similar, ideas and thoughts. Right. So one of the biggest things for me is when it comes to selling a car, talking to someone, helping them take ownership of a car, hiring somebody, whatever, it's about trust. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think people, when you say they listen to you, right. So when I'm listening to you or listen to somebody else, I'm looking to see if I can trust them. Well, trust comes when you show competence, right? Not whether they like you, they, you might be likable, but if you have no knowledge, there's no trust, right? So if I ask you about the agency and give me some ideas and you can't tell me nothing or you can't give me anything, then I, I wouldn't trust you to, I might trust you to come hang out with me, but I wouldn't trust you as an ad agency. Do you, how much time and effort goes into it uh, to train somebody and what is it that you, how do you know when they're ready? Uh, you mean as far as, you know, someone that works for you? How you know Yeah, yeah. Ready? How do you know when they're ready to, I know that you do the assessment, but what's that process of saying this person's ready and, and he's going to go out and represent me the way that I want them to, him, her? Well, I think the most important thing is you have to know exactly who you are. Okay. Um, if you if you know who you are, then they know what to become. Okay. If, if you don't know who you are and you just put a person in the seat and just say, sell this rate card, right. sell okay. this car, then then they're just going to, they're going to do just that. And if that's the task that you give them, they're going to damage all trust and all kind of, uh, reputation just to be able to do the task that you gave them. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, 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 it's a distinction. Trust is also a distinction as well, because you have to say, this is who we are. 
this is our way of doing things and here's our why mm -hmm. and then when they when they have that why and they they have that belief and they buy into it that makes it easier for you to be able to train them as well okay if you have a hard if you have a hard time hiring someone you're gonna have a hard time training them right it's just <laughs> you know that like it's it goes in that trust and that competency thing and you you bring up a great point um, it, it, is that, you know, trust, I think everyone, regardless of what industry that you're in, everyone's mm -hmm. fighting for the highest amount of Google reviews, um, because they all want trust. That is a form of trust. It's trust in its reputation. Right. You're telling people, trust me, I have a good reputation. Look, uh, I, I got, I got a five-star reputation. You know, it, it's, it's amazing to me now, you know, you may have an agency that may email uh, a general manager and say, Hey, I'd like to talk to you about how I can change your, your dealership. Mm -hmm. uh, the general manager may say, you know what? I, I get this a dime a dozen, but right. let that general manager see a one-star review when he's fighting to have all five stars, he pays attention to that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's part of the, it's their reputation. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's what everyone else on the outside. So, yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, it gonna it's going to bring us to this. This is the part of the get down, Eric. And the get down for the bees nation is that sweet part of the music that you can play over and over and over again. You're just sitting in your seat and you can't be still because it's so good, right? Oh, so, so you dropped a lot of dots back and back and forth here. But what is the meat and potatoes, the get down that you would want to the, the audience to know the, the, the things that they can play over and over in their head to help them make another step? Man, um, be good. Okay. Be good to people. Mm -hmm. Be authentic. All right. Um, never let anyone tell you that you can't do something. Mm -hmm. um, know your worth. There you go. And have respect for yourself. There you go. Okay. I, okay. I would say I would say have respect for yourself, man. It's one of my core values. There you go. You got to respect yourself. All right. Well, that's, you got to have some foundation that you go back to. I love that. And and that's what that's the part that I love when I talk to people about how do they see themselves? You know, what's in them and what what's that thing that they go to over and over again? Because part of the, the biggest part about this podcast is it's, it's in all of us. Right. Uh, well, somebody's overcome something. Some of us or some people have shown the propensity to to keep moving and playing that over and over. But uh, we can sometimes see it outside. Sometimes we can't see the forest for the trees. So uh, your story is very impactful and uh, be authentic. Know your worth. I have never forgotten that conversation about that, about that. That has resonated with me a long time. So with that being said, now we're going to talk about this. This is Epic Visionary. And what is an epic? An epic is a period of time in history or a person's life, typically one marked by notable events or particular characteristics. One of the epics that I remember was if I must quit, I will quit to do whatever it is I need to do to get there where I want to be. But that's one of mine. What would you say or give the audience a, an epic that comes to your mind? Man, I think the the epic that comes to my mind, it has to be with my son. Okay. I, I, I believe it has to be with my son. Mm -hmm. um, I'll never forget March 15, 2018, when we got his diagnosis when he was 10 months old. Mm -hmm. um, for me, that was it. That's That was um, not the turning point to be a better business person, but the turning point to be a better person. Okay. 
Okay. Um, and, and, and I learned, uh, you know, to not take things, I guess, so seriously and to really cherish some moments. Okay. So, you know, that part for me, uh, you know, it's, it has a lot to do with business, but then it doesn't. And it's how I can say, like I did earlier, like, you know, I sacrificed a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I would say when he went through what he went through and watching him and my wife and her still pushing and propelling me to go do what I did. Mm -hmm. That's, that's that moment. Okay. That, that is that moment. And, and that is that one thing. Um, okay. That did it. Well, That's awesome. So as you move forward in your job, it gave you balance to recognize that you had home life and you got to make it all work together and the importance of being able to do that. And I think it's cool because you keep mentioning your wife and how she kept still letting you, Hey, go do what you got to do. We got this. It's all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that balance, man, that balance and how you do that. And then it, I think it also helps you just kind of, calm back down when you when you talk to other people too because and, and they feed off that so that's awesome man uh this is this is uh working out and the conversation has been exactly what i hoped it would be and more you like the icing yeah. on the cake dude you know what i'm saying <laughs> we put a little icing on top of that bad boy right oh man it's so good to talk <laughs> to you man i i really uh I, I love what you're doing i love what you're doing man and i think uh not i think but i know you've always set the bar high and everything you do from being one, being a, a fantastic dresser um, <laughs> and, and two, just being just, you know, just a, a great bright individual and just man, salt of the earth. One of the just good people, man. Um, and, and I appreciate you for it. Love you for it, man. I just thank you. All right. All right. Well, I hope to, to do this again uh, and uh, kind of get with you. And again, I always tap into your knowledge and that's a good thing. And I appreciate being able to, to always call you up and be there. So with that being said, what are your final thoughts? And if you would, Eric, tell the audience about where they might be able to reach you. Man, I'm a super social, active person. So you can find me on any social platform. That's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, even TikTok, man. I try and do that with my kids, but I'm not cool enough. Um, <laughs> if you want to find me, uh, you can go to my website. That's heyimeric.com. That's H-E-Y-I-M-E-R-I-C.com. Or just uh, search me on any social platform, Eric M. Elliott, two L's, two T's. All right, all right, all right. Sounds good. Well, what we're going to do at this particular point is know that every Friday we have a new episode of Epic Visionary. The Bees present. So we will come out with another episode next week. Again, thank you for listening. And as always, we will be respectful of your time. Please look at Mr. Eric Elliott's information. And you can always come over to BeesNetwork.com and uh, check out all of those people and all of these people that we can kind of talk to and just kind of grow together. I am out of here right now. You've been listening to The Bees Presents Epic Visionary. The Bees is an executive manager that runs two successful automobile franchises. Having been in the business since 1995, he's hired, trained, and mentored other successful executive managers who run and lead sales teams. 
And now he sits down with people from all walks of life to reveal how they were able to see the need for change in their way of thinking and begin a new period of productivity, growth, and success in their life. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. In the meantime, hook up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bees Network. Till next time.